is Appetite for Distortion. Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode number 296. My name is Brando. If you're watching on Zoom, perhaps you've seen these fine folks opening up for Guns N' Roses in, in Denver, soon to be household names, if not already. The problem, I'm sure you are in Colorado. We got to learn here on the East Coast and other places. Uh, we got the Velveteers, Demi and Baby. Welcome. Thank you for having us. We're excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. And I, I'm not going to claim that I really know about Colorado. I made my first visit there only a few weeks ago and I kind of just dipped my toes in. I was there for like a week and then, no, excuse me, I was gone for a week, but my fiance, she's like, let's go to Arizona for a couple of days. Now let's go to Denver for a couple of days. Let's go to, you know, uh, Utah. So I only, I didn't get to experience a lot. So I'm just curious, are you guys from the area? Can you teach me more about uh, Denver and you know, the, the Rocky mountains? If I ask, yeah, yeah, we're um, we're both Colorado natives, so um, been here our whole life. Um, it's pretty awesome. Uh, were you just on a trip here? Yeah, just nice. Uh, yeah, just on a rare vacation. Where did you Where did you go? I was trying to remember that I went to. It was around where the Rockies play. You know that that I guess it's like a main street. It's oh, so uh, like. Maybe downtown Denver. Yeah, that's where nice. it is. I, I, we would drive past where the Rockies play and also where the Broncos play and just trying out different restaurants. And, you know, between uh, you, me, baby and, and, and the wall, I mean, I, as soon as I got to Denver, I went to the dispensaries. I mean, let's just be real. You know, that's just. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a drinker, but, you know, going to Denver, I've always I'm like, I, it was it might have been. No, it wasn't my first experience, but that was certainly a trip to see uh, a place like that that's been has it has had it legalized for a while and just how happy everybody is in that town. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised to see smiles in both your people. It's, it's always interesting to talk to someone who doesn't live here because we're so used to it now. That I don't even think that it's not a normal thing to most people. Uh, it, it felt weird. I'm like, am I allowed to do this? But that's that's a whole other conversation. But because today, you know, because you have again, you're going to be a household name soon because your debut LP is not out yet. It's coming out uh, October 8th in uh, the Nightmare Daydream or just Nightmare Daydream. Correct. Yeah. Uh, And I can't believe this. This is produced by Dan Arrowback from the Black Keys. Yeah. How did that happen? How do you guys connect with uh, with Dan? Well, that was um, kind of a funny story. It was really just out of the blue. We were just on our couch one day. I think we were like probably just playing music on our guitars, just hanging out. Um, And we got a call saying that Dan Auerbach saw a video of us on YouTube (laughs) and that he really liked it and that he wanted to fly us out to Nashville to hang out with him. And we were like, oh, he wants to like hang out with us. Like, what does that mean? You know? (laughs) So, um, yeah, we were just like, that's really cool. Um, and then two weeks later we were in Nashville, just, uh, we, we got to go to his studio and we all just hung out. And I think that was when we realized that they, uh, that Dan wanted to work with us. So 
Yeah, we went there. We didn't even play music on that first trip. We just walked into a studio and met him. And we, me and Demi were really nervous <laughs> and scared. And we just talked to Dan and everyone was really relaxed and chill. And we just talked about music for like three hours and um, then got dinner. And he just showed us around the studio and showed us instruments. And then we went home back to Colorado and in the next uncom- upcoming weeks, we uh, they were like, yeah, we want to make an album with you guys. Yeah. And we were only in Nashville for like a day. So that was also kind of uh, trippy, like just being in one place for a day. And like, I don't know, it's a lot to process. I can only imagine. It's not like, again, even I was complaining about my short trip in Colorado. I was there for, you know, two, three days. You're, you're there for a day. <laughs> but just to take a step back. Did you believe that it was Dan calling you? Because I had, cause that's not, I mean, that's great what happens now. I mean, that's like famously the, the lead singer for, for Journey was found on, on YouTube. Uh, so it's, it's not a story that hasn't been heard before, but if you, it doesn't happen to everybody. You're sitting on, on, on the couch and do you think it was one of your friends or your, your mom playing a joke on you even? Like, did it? Like, well, it was our manager that called us. So, Okay. We, uh, <laughs> we, we believed him. Um, and I, I think we also knew it was legit because like in that same moment, like we got a bunch of on Instagram, like Dan's label followed us and, um, a bunch of people from his label, uh, followed us that same day. So, oh, wow. So where were yeah. you considered the Velveteers before then? Cause obviously now you have a big name. Uh, supporting you we're not even getting into uh, yet obviously the guns and roses stuff but like where were the velveteers in your career because you both look young i mean i'm gonna be i'm gonna be 38 in a few days i feel already in uh death store and 38 is apparently not that old but i'm assuming you guys in your early 20s late i don't even know late teens yeah early 20s yeah and music is obviously a very hard career um so where were you like were you did you have other you know, interest around? Uh, were you just playing Denver strictly? Were you traveling? Uh, so where, what was the kind of the status of the Velveteers pre, you know, kind of being found by Dan Auerbach? Um, well, we had been working really hard. Like I would say over the last six years that we've been a band, we've just been chugging away at it. And years. we, wow. we always did a lot of DIY stuff. So like I was the manager for the band and like I would book our tours and, um, so we, we would go on tours to like the UK and we did that a couple times and then we'd play locally and we try to tour as much as we could. Um, and just writing music a lot, um, and making demos and we kind of, I think we had the feeling like something cool was going to happen in the future and we didn't really know what it was, but we knew that we needed to like prepare for whatever this thing was going to be. So we just practiced and wrote as much music as we could. And then it just kind of happened. That's cool. So how long have you, and I mean, the six years is a long time I and mean, that's great. It's, it's certainly you're, you're putting in the hard work, uh, but how long have like you and baby known each other? Like how did the band first form? We've known each other since we were 14 and 15. Um, cool. And we formed the band in 2014. Uh, and we met each other at a show and we were both at the show and we just talked the entire time. We didn't even watch the bands. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, Demi, I was front row for the show at this little venue in Colorado. And uh, I think we were both like kind of by ourselves at the show. And I just felt this tap on my shoulder. And I looked over there. And then Demi was on the other side of me <laughs> and she was just like, hi. Yeah. We were both just very awkward teams, <laughs> like <laughs> too afraid to go up to each other and talk. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, hi. Cause I, I knew of Demi, but I, we'd never met. And then we just started talking a bunch. And then she asked me to, she, Demi was starting a, a, like a solo project under her own name. That was like an acoustic band. And she asked me to drum for it, but I said no. Cause I had, I had missed I was really obsessive with uh, practicing back then. I had missed three days of the practicing and I somehow convinced myself that that meant I wasn't a good drummer at all. Um, and so I told Demi, I was like, ah, oh, I missed, like, I can't practice. Like, I'm not, I can't be in your band. I'm not in practice. Um, I'm really, really sorry. Maybe message me again in three months. And then <laughs> I was, re- I was really dramatic about it. And then three months later, Demi just messaged me, on facebook and just said hi <laughs> and and then i responded i was like oh hi i think i'm ready to like uh jam if you want to jam <laughs> and, and then demi was like yeah i kind of i was i'm looking to start a two-piece band i'm wondering if you'd be interested okay and then we, that's <laughs> kind of how the band started i love it i love the awkward beginnings because that's how i i'm still awkward it's not even like awkward beginnings for me it's just uh, i'm going to be that way until until the end. Uh, so yeah, me too. <laughs> an awkward existence. That's how it is for us as well. <laughs> so what did you guys bond over musically? What were your, your influences? That, did you talk about music or what were you both listening to? I'm assuming that's kind of what you bonded over. Yeah. Well, we were both obsessed with this local band called Rose Hill Drive. Um, if you haven't heard of them, you should check them out because they're really, really cool. I will. Um, and... I think at the time, like we were probably the youngest fans of that band, like, and I didn't know anyone else my age who like liked that band as much as I did. So we just really bonded over that band and they were like local celebrities that, you know, we would get so excited over seeing them when we went out. And it felt like a really rare thing that I, we'd met someone in each other that really loved that band as well, because they weren't, they're like, people refer to them as like the best kept secret in like rock and roll. Like not that many people know of them, which is a shame. So meeting someone our own age who loved their music and wanted to start a band felt like a dream. Like it was, it was very surreal. And that I was the instant bond that we were just instantly like, Oh, you are the person that we, you're the person that we both want to play music with. Oh, very cute i like that so what was the um what's the scene like in in denver um musically what's like the the vibe there because i i told you i mean i didn't get to see any shows but everybody there was very cool very positive seemed like kind of like a rock town so how would you describe the scene where you're from um there's a lot of really cool diy venues um unfortunately i guess some of them didn't really make it through covid but that's one thing i've always loved about denver is just it feels like there's definitely a cool little like underground diy scene um and then there's a lot of like rock bands and a lot of cool like dive bars and 
a lot of the local rock bands will play those dive bars. So, yeah. <laughs> How about some of your favorite, I guess, musicians that influenced you? You know, perhaps names that we, we know. Um, you know, do you have like certain singers that maybe influenced your style, Demi, or, you know, maybe uh, certain musicians that influence your, your style? In Denver, or just in general. In general, in general. Oh, um, because I get I really oh, love... I get. I'm, I'm waiting for someone to say David Bowie. I'm surprised it's it's taken this long. So oh, to, to... yeah. I mean, of course, David Bowie and uh, Mark Bolin, um, PJ Harvey is a big one for me. Allison Mosshart. Okay. Yeah. What about for you, uh, baby? Who influences you as a musician? As a musician. I really um, like Jeff Picaro and Devendra Banhart, <laughs> which those two names I don't think have ever been said together. But <laughs> um, I just, I mean, anybody who is just kind of being themselves and being authentic with the music they want to make, I find really enjoyable and cool. That's how I feel. And I, that's honestly why, while even though they're a big and household name, that's why I like Guns N' Roses. They just do whatever they want to do. So, I mean, it's one thing to be sitting on your couch and, and being told that uh, Dan Auerbach from the Black Keys wants to fly you out, you know, for a day. Uh, but then what was the situation about opening for, for Guns N' Roses in Denver? Uh, I mean, it's one of those silver linings that somebody in Mammoth's, Wolfgang Van Halen's camp got, COVID, he, it was just him, the opener, uh, just the band. I mean, Gino is usually great with having, uh, they've done this in years past, where they might have a local act open for them in that city, but I get with pro- COVID protocol, that's just too much to, to ask for. So somebody got COVID. Unfortunately, I think that day there was no opener. Uh, but then all of a sudden I hear the Velveteers. And I think that's when I... I I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I search uh, Guns N' Roses on Twitter. And I guess that's how I, I find my news and stuff. So I see that's how I found you initially. And I'm checking it out like, okay, I'm listening to music. You know, what's uh, the, the single Charmer and the Snake that's out now? I'm like, oh, that, rad. Like, I'm excited for the people uh, in Denver to go see. So if you can just take us through how that happened in your reaction to opening up for, for GNR. Yeah, it, it was a crazy experience. Um we were just, we were sleeping one morning and <laughs> we just get this call from our manager being like, you guys are opening for Guns N' Roses on Monday. And we were just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, it was especially weird because I was literally just asleep. So I was like trying to like wake up and be like, what? <laughs> yeah, it was eight in the morning. And yeah. he said that and my first reaction was panic. Like my first thing, the first thing that went in my head was like, oh no, because I was like, I am scared <laughs> and nervous. But then I instantly was like, oh my God, that's amazing. That's crazy. How did this happen? Like what's going on? Yeah. And then our manager was like, you guys, you have to get COVID tests today. You have to get a rapid test. You have to get another, like we had to get like multiple COVID tests and like we were all like kind of just all over the place because they had to have them by a certain time. Mm. Cause I guess, I don't know. I guess it takes like 48 hours to get the rapid tests back or something. Um, 
So we were driving all around town because these um, clinics were like closing at like three o'clock. So like we were kind of like just trying to get our tests as fast as we could and getting all of our members like Johnny, like we were like, you have to come right now. Like we all have to go get tests before this time. Yeah, we messaged Johnny right after we got off the phone with our manager and he it was like in the morning and he, he was hung over a little bit, I think. And so he saw the I texted him and I say, I think we're opening for Guns and Roses on Monday. You need to come over so we can get tested. And his first response was, I work on Monday and he works at a car wash. And I was I my in my head, I was like, What? I responded, I was like, No, you don't. <laughs> you don't work on Monday. <laughs> and uh he later told me that he like read the message wrong. He didn't realize I said Guns N' Roses. He he thought it was a different band and he was just confused. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is great. Yeah, you're not working. Come on, the car wash will be there tomorrow. This is an opportunity. And yeah, that's what I, I thought about because that's what GNR is doing. I hear that it's really, you know, they're not letting anybody backstage. Everyone's being tested. That's what they're trying to get through this tour where everybody else is, you know, canceling or getting COVID, postponing dates. So, you know, knock on wood, they keep going. Uh, but yeah, for you to have that quick turnaround of we're opening up for Guns N' Roses and to go through all this medical stuff. I mean, did you even have time to process any of this like at all? Not really. And I think that might've been a good thing because I think if we were to have had like more time leading up to the show, we probably would have like, we would start like overthinking and like really making ourselves like more nervous than we had to be. Um, but yeah, I think we started processing things as we like pulled into the venue and like, yeah, it was just, it was crazy. It was a crazy experience. Yeah, driving to the venue and then seeing like the stadium and seeing Guns N' Roses stage, <laughs> I, I was, that's when I was like, oh, <laughs> this is real. And this is, we've never played on the stage this big before and all like the possibilities range to my head like i get them thinking i was like man i wonder if the audience is gonna hate us because like a lot of people probably bought tickets excited to see wolfgang van halen and now they're not playing and now we're playing and we like our style isn't um just like genreized we're, we're rock but we're not like in the same style of rock as Guns and Roses and Wolfgang, where we're like, um, like shredding a bunch, you know, like we, that's, that's, we don't really do that in our songs. And so I was like, man, what if they boo us? Or what if they like really <laughs> like get angry at us? Um, and so I just had all those things going through my head once we got to the venue. But the couple of days before that, it was, I didn't think about that because I didn't even have a chance to. Yeah. And it's it's kind of hard when you're an opener for such a big band because you hear like all the like horror stories of like, you know, being booed off or like there's just there's so many funny stories that people tell when they're the opening band. So we were a little nervous about that. I appreciate you sharing that. That's very relatable. I, I get it. I don't know if I would believe you if you said otherwise. I would be nervous, you know, yeah. too. Um, but you can tell. I mean, I'm sure you obviously that you both are professional, that you're going to handle it. Uh, but it's just, it's, it is a lot to process and all everything you're thinking are, are, are things that happen. So 
I guess before we go to the show itself, do we do we do you know if like the manager, if your manager is just like friends with? Uh, I mean, does he is he friends with Axel? Do they go camping? Like, how do they? How are you chosen? <laughs> how are you chosen? Uh, do you know how so, that happened? I think what happened, and I'm not a hundred percent sure about this because I, I haven't had like a direct conversation about it. But this is what I've been hearing from everyone right. is like, sure. um, so obviously uh, Wolfgang Van Halen had to drop out, and then the people that were putting on the show. Um, was it live nation yeah they um guns and roses were like oh we need an opener and then they were like oh the velveteers like they submitted us to guns and roses and then um i think duff was telling us that he watched our music video from hotel number 27 and that he really liked it so i i think that's how it came to be but I'm not 100%. Yeah, I think that's right. Because all our manager told us was that he got a call. And the person said that, asked if the Velveteers, <laughs> Velveteers were available to open for Guns N' Roses on Monday. So I think it was the promoter submitted us to Guns N' Roses, and then they were into it. Very cool. Um, what What was your level of, I mean, I know you're not the level of fandom of GNR. Like, I mean, look at me. I have all these things behind me. I, I have a problem, you know. Uh, so what, what was your fandom of Guns N' Roses going into this? I mean, did you have favorite songs? Did you, have you, did you listen to their records before? And it's okay if you're not, again, you're obsessed like me. It's, you don't want to be like me. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I hadn't really gotten too much into Guns N' Roses, but my cousins were like obsessed with Guns N' Roses and my brother was a big Slash fan. So I grew up always like hearing the music and everything. And like, I remember playing uh, Welcome to the Jungle on Guitar Hero when I was like 10. <laughs> and so it like, when we got the call, it took me a minute to be like, oh yeah, yeah, I know this band, you know? I mean, obviously who doesn't know Guns N' Roses, you know what I mean? But um it's just kind of funny, like how stuff like that happens, isn't it? Yeah, I knew they're like giant legends, but I, I honestly, luckily, I uh, I haven't taken the class yet, like and like gone through their entire discography, which I'm thankful for because had I done that, I would have been even more nervous, and I was already very nervous. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I like that response, baby. All right, so. Um, Tell me how your set went. How did you feel that it went? Um, how any highlights, anything? Uh, I don't want to say lowlights, but were they like, oh, did you miss like a certain note that like nobody else would have noted noticed? But you were like, oh, I wish I got that back. I get anything. What were your some favorite memories? I guess just overall of of the performance. Yeah, um, well, we were definitely really nervous because I think we got like fifteen minutes to sound check, mm. so we didn't get to check all of of our um instruments so we were like going on stage and just like really relying on like our muscle memory to be like okay we know how to play these songs um but yeah i think for me it was really fun to play some of the new songs we have just because this was our second show that we've played in like a year so we haven't really gotten to play the songs off our new album live so that was like pretty awesome to just be playing it and like such a big space and just like experiencing those songs live in a big space yeah in a stadium that was unreal because when we were practicing the last year unable to play shows because of covid we'd all be like i can't wait to play these shows 
at like a small house show where there's a it's packed and then the what we actually end up doing is playing this songs at a stadium (laughs) which is totally unexpected but very surreal to finally see people like in person live reacting to this music we've been working on for years and how did people react obviously the booze did not happen your fears did not come true but how would the reaction was from uh, the fan base it was um when we were on stage i was looking out at the audience and like i was like i thought everyone looked like bored and like mad um but then after the show i was like in the pit like watching guns and roses and literally all the people that looked really mad during our set like came up to me and like like wow that was amazing like i'm so glad you guys opened and like wanted a picture and everything so i think i was kind of like in my head about it when we were playing i was like oh they probably don't like us so yeah it was yeah i think our nerves convinced us that people were not into it and also because our monitor mix there was something weird going on so there was this really loud crackling in our monitors and like the levels were really weird and so we were hearing that and then we'd look out into the audience and And i like how we're getting crackling right now on the speaker too Oh really? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it been go- how long has it been going on? Oh no, it just happened when you said it. Oh okay, yeah, that's funny. It's coming back to haunt me. Uh, so the crackling was happening. I was just praying that the audience wasn't hearing it, but it would be happening. I'd look at people, and then like they would look, they would they probably look normal, but in my head, I thought they looked like they wanted to like kill us. <laughs> and. But afterwards, I watched videos and it didn't. It sounded great. And the people who I thought weren't digging it, I looked at their faces as they were watching Guns N' Roses, and their face was exactly the same. So I, I was just <laughs> reading way too much into it. Yeah, you both sound like me, where I'm just like I'm in my head. Everyone hates me. I hate everything I did. Everything's going wrong. And I go back and watch it. It was actually pretty good. Or I get feedback. Oh, that was actually really good. And it's just I'm my own worst enemy. So it's. You're making me feel better about myself, if anything. Uh, <laughs> I saw it's, it's it's very cool. As talented as you as you are, that you still have those um, normal self doubts. That's just a, being a human being. That's that's fine. Uh, yeah, that's cool, Demi. You went down into the pit. Did you go, baby, as well? Did you watch the show? Yeah, we uh, we were all in the pit for like a good portion of the Guns and Roses show. It was really cool. I mean, people were dancing and having a good time. Yeah, Demi, you were, for the second half of it, you were like right against the rail, right in front of Axel. Yeah, my best friend had come to the show and she saved me a spot in the very front row. And I had no idea that she was there. And then like I saw her and I was like, oh, got to go to the front so I can watch. You said that your friend, she was up there saving a spot for you and she told everyone around her that, (laughs) as we were playing that you were her best friend and that you were saving a spot for her. And then like an hour and a half went by before you came down to, I feel everyone was like, is this girl just like making this up? And then you showed up and everyone was like, wow, that's pretty great. I I love that. So what were the, um, obviously your first time seeing GNR, what did you think? Any, uh, any highlights there for you? Are you, are you guys now diehard fans? (laughs) I thought it was really cool. Um, I, like seeing Duff on stage was really cool because his energy was just like insane. And at one point um, 
he did a cover of Wanna Be Your Dog by the Stooges. And that was really fun. Like the crowd was going crazy when they started playing that. Yeah, I thought the Guns N' Roses were great. I, I really digged it. And I the fact that like Axel has more energy than I have ever had in my entire life. Like <laughs> I literally don't know how he can do that. I, I've never been able to have that much stamina. So that literally amazed me so much. It was also just cool, like um, getting to like kind of see them in the flesh instead of like i don't know it's just like oh it's kind of weird when you um like you know these like people and they're like legends and like you see them on posters and then like seeing them right in front of you is always kind of trippy yeah you saw slash and guitar hero animated and now yeah. you have the guitar hero in front of you in the flesh yeah no yeah, it's cool that was strange yeah. it's kind of like you read about like the mythical like greek gods and you just see uh like drawings of them and stuff and then there's Guns N' Roses who have honestly like a similar aura and myth about them. And then, but they're still like alive and they look like Slash looks the same. <laughs> so seeing him <laughs> and uh, talking to him was very cool and weird. Awesome. Did you, we discussed uh, earlier, I know it's a different world with the COVID protocols and everything. Did you get a chance to meet any of them or talk to any of the camp or were you just kind of, you know, you did your show and then watch the show. How did that go about? Well, so it was very, very strict backstage. Like we all had to have our masks on backstage and like um, the members of Guns N' Roses were being really careful, which obviously they should be. Um, but we got to meet Duff and we talked with him for a while and he was really, really cool and super nice. He was like, if you need anything, just tell them that duff said it was okay i was <laughs> like you guys have to play with my daughter's band and um we checked her out and she's really cool yeah, she's amazing and then uh we met slash and that was that was cool that was just weird to like see him like in front <laughs> of us so you know it's funny as you were talking i was like you seem like you would be a great uh it would be a great build to see the velveteers and grace mckagan's band yeah i, I was thinking that so stuff same wavelength uh different body frames but we're thinking the same I, yeah. I like <laughs> awesome Duff was really like overly nice like he he asked to take a photo with us and then he asked us if it would be i don't he never posted it but he asked if it would be okay for him to post the photo and we were like yeah yeah it's definitely okay duff you can <laughs> you can definitely post a photo of us <laughs> awesome so when i post this episode i'll i'll tag him and remind him and hopefully that that comes out because cool. I'm, I'm glad it's, this is just, um, what guns uh, for me, what guns and roses has done, you know, uh, obviously I'm in radio, I'm aware of different music, but there are certain bands, especially when they have opening acts that I may not have known about, you know, and, and now, yeah, you're, 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 you're big. I have some people, <laughs> some bands are big in, uh, I'm big in Japan. I just spoke to somebody, uh, Eric from Mr. Big, you know, that song I want to be with, you know, to be with you. And they're really big in Japan, but you guys being in Denver, but now, elevating which is like i just think is uh amazing and i appreciate you guys giving me the time on your on your ascent to wherever you guys are are, are going uh so nightmare daydream tell me if i'm leaving out any details uh nightmare daydream uh again produced by dan auerbach of the, the black keys coming out uh, worldwide as they say uh october 8th on easy eye sound uh and the first single out right now is the charmer and the snake and there's a video for that online people could watch right yeah. 
Yeah, you got it. That's that's all factual. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. Uh, and the best way, I mean, because you're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, is that, you know, do you have a favorite social media that you're most responsive to or they're all good? Probably Instagram, but okay. we will respond on any, anyone. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, so what's in the future then? I know GNR is back with Mammoth and um, yeah. I like Mammoth, but still, uh, <laughs> so, but what's the future? What do you guys got going on um, today going forward? Well, we're um, we're about to hit the road at the end of the month. We're doing a U.S. tour, so that's going to be pretty fun. Um, we're playing at a lot of cool venues that I'm excited about. So yeah, we're touring with a really cool act called Des Rocks. He's really good. Uh, I recommend anyone check him out. D e z r o c s, right? Or D e s Des Rocks. Well, no, I'm assuming it's going to be somewhat localized where you are like how far are you guys going to be um traveling this time around um we're going all the way to new york, new york and then we're um okay. we're doing like i don't know almost like everywhere we're okay going uh, down to texas okay. we're going to nashville we're going to washington dc virginia beach la yeah la san francisco portland washington oh, all over beautiful yeah uh do you know where in new york you're gonna be offhand uh we're gonna be at the bowery ballroom Okay, that's right near iHeartRadio. So uh, nice. I hope to see you guys there. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, We'd love so to cool. see you. Likewise. Uh, well, this was, again, a, a pleasure. Thank you both for your time. Um, just congratulations on your success thus far. And there's going to be a lot more congratulations going forward as you guys continue just to Well, rock. thank you so much. Yeah, we're, we're very happy to be here and honored to be here. So thank you for having us. You got it. So that does it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion. When are you going to see the next one? Well, the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy. You'll see it. I don't know if soon is the word. Thanks to the lame-ass security, I'm going home.